1: Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. My name is Troy Singer, and as always, I'm joined by the co-host of the show, Bart Kaler. And we have a very special show for you today because of an interest or maybe a deep dive that Bart went into. We're going to talk about Generation Alpha with Mark McCrindle
0: from the land down under. Bart, can you let everyone know what they have to look forward to? Yeah, thanks, Troy. It was uh, it was interesting. I was doing a little bit of research a few months ago on Generation Z, and uh, and just thinking about it, I I kind of discovered Generation Z a number of years ago, and, and I remember kind of starting to make reference to it, and people were like, "Hey, aren't we still talking about Millennials?" And uh, and so I was thinking about that the other day, and I thought, well, what's the next generation? Because I haven't heard yet. And so I did a you know quick Google search: what's the next generation after Generation Z? And I kind of did this deep dive into this Generation Alpha website, and uh, and I started reading about it and, and understanding that it's children that are eight, eight, ten years old and younger right now, and and they and I thought, wow, those those kids are going to be on the um, on the bubble for colleges in just five or six years. I mean, you know, some schools I think we talked to to Lafrey LaFree at Butler and they're doing, you know, they're doing comflows flows for eighth graders and most, most schools are doing sophomores. And so if you think about eighth graders, I mean, boy, they're, they're just a ride around the corner from 10 year olds. And so I thought, boy, this is going to be important for higher end marketers to understand that we're getting ready to make another ma- major shift from generation Z to generation alpha in, in a short few short years. And so what does that mean? And what, how's that going to change? Because every generation is different. So once I started digging a little deeper I recognized that the uh, the leading authority on Generation Alpha, everything I was reading was uh, the, the McCrindle group down in Sydney, Australia. And so, uh, so we had just started the podcast and I reached out to, to I found him on LinkedIn. His name is Mark McCrindle, And so I reached out and said, hey, Mark, I'm pretty f- interested in Generation Alpha. I've downloaded your book. I'm, I'd love to have you on the podcast. So he graciously agreed. And so we're going to have a great conversation about what Generation Alpha is and how that's different from all the other generations, and how that will impact the way we market to them.
1: Mark is interesting, and he is a wonderful, charismatic speaker. I've gotten to listen to him online a little bit, and I can't wait to bring him into the conversation. So without further ado, here is Mark McCrindle.
0: Okay, we're excited to welcome Mark McCrindle, principal at McCrindle Research to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. Welcome, Mark.
1: Thank you, Bob. Great to be with you.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you too. Tell us about your work and your organization.
1: Well, it's called McCrindle Research, and we focus on analyzing human behavior, looking at communities, understanding sentiment. We have a particular focus on generational research uh, because you know the times that one generation went through shape them differently to what another generation is going through. So we look at at those differences and that has applications in the education market. In um, organisations as they think about attracting, and retaining staff, uh, just in the broader community as well. We do a lot of demographic analysis that helps understand changing populations. So it's social research, uh, demographics, and looking at the trends generationally and, and what's to come.
0: That's great. That's that's really fascinating. I I discovered your uh, your information and and, uh, and and some of and, and your organisation. When I was doing a Google search, I've been pretty fascinated with generational research and and how that applies to marketing, especially higher ed marketing. It's it's something that we do with a lot with personas. When I just started to kind of do some some research on what was the next generation coming after Generation Z, I discovered your website and, and your book Generation Alpha, and uh, I, I'm pretty pretty amazed by you know the idea that. I think a lot of the people listening are just like, wow, we just got used to figuring out what to do with Generation Z, and now you're telling me I've got to pivot to another generation. And so tell us a little bit about what you've learned about Generation Alpha.
1: Yeah, well, these generations span 15 years, so you know that's about the maximum time within which you have a shared experience. Beyond that, you've got a new generation. So you know, as you said, the years have flown by, and Generation Z or Z, they're the children of millennials and they are Generation Alpha. Now, having worked our way through the alphabet with us Gen Xs and then there was Generation Y or Millennials, Generation Z after that, um, we've we've got a new start, but it's not going back to the beginning, not going Generation A. We're deliberately calling them Alpha, you know, using the Greek uh, alphabet now just to, to give... Um, uh, the, the signal that it's a new naming category for a new generation fully born in this new millennium, and they're quite different to even the generation that went prior to them. They will be the largest generation globally in the history of the world, uh, the most digitally uh, supplied generation ever, and that's evident to see, but the most materially endowed, a massive rising middle class right around the world and the most formally educated generation ever. So you know a lot of great... Blessings and benefits they have, and uh, and understanding them right now is pretty important.
0: Okay, that's that's really good. It's it's good to have that basic understanding of of Generation Alpha, and uh, you know, just the idea that they are you know kind of going to bring a lot of transformation, and the idea of of uh, you know what they're going to bring to not only the the workforce and, and, and to, into society. But as they're starting to look into, you know, into higher ed, I mean, you know, most of them, I think you've mentioned that they're 10 years old and younger right now, they're going to have uh, some skill sets and, and some skills that they're going to bring into, into the, into their life that I think we as higher ed marketers need to kind of be aware of because, you know, in six, seven years, they're going to start being on the uh, on the sophomore list on on the junior list of of some of campaigns that we're doing i've talked to some schools that are going as low as 8th grade to start recruiting some students and so i'm just curious what are some of those skills and those those traits that they're going to be bringing that we should be aware of
1: Well, firstly, it's about understanding the context, the times that are shaping them. That's really going to help us get a good understanding of them. And we sometimes think, well, you know, we're living in these times too, these times of the digital and these times of global connection and social media. But, you know, the age at which you're exposed to a new technology or a transformative event determines how embedded it will become in your psyche and lifestyle. And so for this generation living through covid adapting to digital, connecting on social media, being influenced uh, through these new channels. It's, It's a different experience for them and it will impact them profoundly. So what we are talking about is a generation that are social in terms of the influence channels of their life. It's not just what the authority figures or the experts tell them, but the peer group. They're global in that connection. They're digital in the tool. They're visual in how they consume that content, not just the written form anymore. And of course, mobile in lifestyle and where they will work and where they will study. Far more mobility for them. So, so those characteristics um, are at a new level compared to even the generations that are just a little bit older than them. And uh, and we see these same traits right around the world. And as part of this book on Generation Alpha, we surveyed both the parents and these youngsters in several countries, and uh, we found the same characteristics and expectations wherever we searched.
0: That's really fascinating. I, I find it fascinating that it's that, that you see a lot of trends throughout the world. And I guess that kind of, you know, goes and points to the fact that we are much more of a globally connected world than, than, um, than maybe some politicians have tried to, to lead us to believe and the way things are. And so I think it's really, um, I think it's really interesting that even those traits are kind of being seen in different parts of the world. Is is that kind of what you're saying?
1: Yeah, totally. And uh, and and that's why we call them the world's first global generation because never before have we had the technology that connects the social media platforms that engage the news feed. Isn't just the local news, but it's what's coming in on those global platforms. The 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 search. Oh, and and playlists are uh, are coming in from global platforms, from Netflix to Spotify. It's shared right around the world. the uh, the the buy recommendations as they're on a on a shopping app, from uh, you know amazon to 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 whatever may be you know their preferred store, um, uh, eBay, et cetera, it's it's global. And, and we just haven't had that before. And therefore, the friends and the connections and even just the global awareness is at a new level today. And we say that people resemble their times more than they resemble their parents. We sometimes think, well, they're our children. We know them. And, and we do. But but they actually often will share more in common as they connect globally with each other than they may with the generation that was shaped in a different era prior. So.
0: Let me, let me just kind of peel this back a little bit because I think that, you know, because they're going to be more global citizens, they're, they're coming and they're going to be more formally educated. And I think they're going to enter, enter into their post-secondary and, and higher education in a more, probably a more aware situation than any generation before them from, from a global understanding to just the, the engagement that they have throughout their, their lifetime. Help me understand how that's going to make form them into this holistic student. I mean, they're going to be more of a student that I think a lot of schools are going to be interested in. But they're going to require some things. I'm I'm guessing right now that uh, you know travel programs are going to be very important to this generation. They're, they're gonna they're going to want to be able to participate in study abroad programs, and they're going to want to be able to have a greater impact on the world through their education and through the the university that they they might attend. Is is that kind of what you're thinking and what you're seeing?
1: That's exactly right, Bart. They're looking to make a difference, to have an impact, to to seek fulfillment in their life in a more holistic way. And so as educators and as those engaging with them to train them in this next stage, it can't just be a focus on the academics. It can't just be a focus on setting them up for the career because they will be multi-career. There'll be multiple jobs in terms of their future. The World Economic Forum said that 65% of children entering primary school today, that's these gen alphas, will ultimately end up working in job types that don't yet exist. So here we are educating them for a working future that, that has not yet been formed. So what we can't do is give them a body of knowledge and think that that will sustain them through their life and portfolio careers. But what we can give them, life skills, people skills, character formation, and the ability to learn how to learn so that they can adjust and adapt that learning so they can be those lifelong learners so that they can future-proof their own careers because they will have the resilience, the adaptability, the creative thinking, the, the critical thinking skills, the people and social skills to connect across diversity and engage in a changing world. And that's where those programs that you mentioned from those uh, civics programs to missions or overseas travel where they're learning to make contributions, where they're developing those people skills, those entrepreneurial type programs. Uh, maybe they can do internships and, and see the real world of work in action. It's that sort of program and structure that's really adding value to their life. And we can't think that we've just got to get them more and more in front of screens getting the learning. We've got to stretch them to, to new areas and and uh and skills that'll sustain them for the future. That's great.
0: That's great. Well, tell me a little bit about how they are going to be influenced by their parents. I mean, you said generation, you know, generation, the millennials, generation Y are, are their parents. How is that going to impact their decision making as they as they kind of enter into, you know, let's say, a, a search for a university of higher ed?
1: We find in generational studies that one generation is not normally a continuation of the last but it's almost like a pendulum and and how one generation was raised we swing the pe- see the pendulum swing back and, and and the next generation is raised differently and that's what we're seeing with the millennials if we think about how millennials were raised they were given a bit more freedom less structure and and they sort of made their own way in the world and you know did that very well um it was the start of the internet era for the millennials growing up there was uh, a whole new, I guess, platform in which they interacted that that their parents didn't know, uh, but now we see millennials as they become parents themselves, raising their Gen Alpha children, are far more engaged. They're they're a bit more structured around their parenting styles. They're 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 um, connecting across that generation gap more than the baby boomers did with their millennial kids. And so what we have is a more uh, you might say, structured, informed and engaged parenting style. The, the parents, as they think about their Gen Alpha children's future, uh, are doing their research, are jumping online, are getting the information and making those decisions around which educational pathway is going to be best. From after-school tutoring or coaching through to booking them in for the extracurricular lessons and activities, it's a far more structured upbringing. They they are having fewer children. They're having children, these millennials, a little bit older in life, uh, generally two income earning households. So there's a little bit more discretionary money to spend. And they are investing that in the education and an upbringing of those children, so they're more informed, you may say, and and therefore a bit more um, expecting aspirational as they raise those children. So yeah, we've got to keep that in mind as they make their their choices. In some ways, the market, the the client, uh, are the children, but but in other ways, it's their parents who are more informed, and so communicating with them is key.
0: That's very very good to know. This has been very fascinating. I guess another question that that we are kind of interested in is. How is the whole notion of the pandemic with COVID? How how is that impacting this generation, and what what is that going to do? Because I mean, if I think about it, someone who's ten years old who you know eighteen months or two years of their life has been involved in a in a lockdown, or or even a five year old. I mean, that's that's twenty percent of their life. It's 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 a large percentage of their life to grow up wearing a mask compared to you know someone our age who who might be a generation Xer or something. Uh, what? How's that going to impact them as they kind of enter into this next phase of life?
1: Mm. Well, very profoundly, because not only is it a, a fair proportion of their life, but it's in those key formative years as well. And so, while young people have the least been the least impacted from the health consequences of COVID, they've been the most impacted from the social um, isolation and disruption that it has caused. Uh, they've seen transformations in how you can study and online and uh, through the digital has become mainstream. They've seen parents work from home through this. And of course, this is global, uh, the impact of COVID, the lockdowns and the changed approaches from hygiene protocols to just the volatility of life that the, the the set programs and activities were no longer guaranteed. This has had a profound impact on them. They've also seen the financial consequences of it, as uh, as a lot of families, particularly those in casual employment, in hospitality, retail, travel, have been so impacted. Those in more precarious work gig economy and the like have, have, uh, have been challenged. And so it has shown this generation that having savings and having a secure job and being prepared for the rainy day is an important thing. You know, prior to COVID, we had a generation of young people that were living for the now and that saw the economy always heading up, hadn't experienced a recession, and, and really, you know, saw that they had the choice of jobs and they were in the power seat when it came to uh, choosing the job as a candidate. That's all been changed, and we've seen at this early age a generation almost like their grandparents who saw the tough years after World War II, who who've seen some. Some uh, recessions, they they like those older generations now are valuing security and financial conservatism and savings and and again the secure job. So so that's profoundly changed their outlook and it's uh, it's given them uh, a, a new focus. That you know yes you can have flexibility around where you work, but but in ensuring a, a secure job and indeed being able to create your own job so that you've got a fallback option uh, does matter they've seen the benefit of that uh, education as being an extra support. And uh, and I think for the unsettled, ambiguous, complex, and volatile future, education and the security it brings for a future, as well as developing those broader skills, uh, has just been reinforced as essential.
0: That's really, really profound. And I really appreciate that. I, I think that the more and more that we kind of study this and Part of the reason why I wanted to bring you on the podcast is that I, I think that I'm still, you know, in the last probably three years, I was still having some clients that were just trying to figure out, oh, you mean we're not talking about millennials anymore? We're talking about Generation Z. I like to get everybody ahead of the curve, and I think this is a good opportunity for us to to do so. And and while I'm talking about that, I just want to make sure that I mentioned a book that you've recently released. I think you told me that you did a virtual book release yesterday in uh, in Sydney. Um, it's called Generation Alpha. Understanding Our Children and Helping Them Thrive. It's by Mark McCrendle with uh, Ashley Fell. I downloaded my copy on Amazon. I know that they have both the Kindle and the paperback version on Amazon here in the States. And so really excited about that. And and I would encourage people that are listening that want to hear more or read more about what Mark and and his firm's research have have discovered about Generation Alpha. That's a great place to, to start. I guess one of the questions that I would have for you, Mark, is, If we ever have um, someone had a question for you or just wanted to connect, what would be the best way for them to do that?
1: Well, the simple way, you know, the book is called Generation Alpha. And if people go to generationalpha.com, uh, you'll find great resources there that we've put up, and you can get the book and and other information uh, from that site. Uh, and And our business is Macrindle, and so Macrindle.com. You'll find a blog, uh, a lot of blogs, and and free information and infographics as well. and uh, And so either GenerationAlpha.com or mcrindle.com, you can grab a lot more information about what we do and about about these um, this research that we conduct, and and much of it is freely accessible on those sites. So you know, I encourage people to look that. And, and just to to keep in mind, particularly for educators, that the focus is not just on the next program or on the next campaign, but it's got to be on the next generation. And as we further understand them, I think we can adjust and adapt and effectively engage with them and uh, and resourcing ourselves to understand their world, their context and who they are is is going to help us out and ultimately help them out as well. That's great.
0: I, I really appreciate the time that you've spent with us today, Mark. It's been a pleasure to have you on our on the Higher Ed Marketer podcast. The Higher Ed Marketer podcast is sponsored by Kaler Solutions, an education marketing and branding agency, and by Think Patented, a marketing execution, printing, and mailing provider of Higher Ed Solutions. On behalf of my co-host, Troy Singer, I'm Bart Kaler. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Higher Ed Marketer, To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening with Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to leave a quick rating of the show. Simply tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves.
1: Until next time.